This is Casey Hendrickson on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Don't forget, rbcarcompany.com is the place to go if you are looking for a brand new used vehicle. Go check them out, rbcarcompany.com. Okay. Uh, first thing we got to address, I guess, is the stimulus situation. So the stimulus bill uh, did pass, which was kind of expected. Passed along party line votes. It uh, was a one-vote difference in the Senate. And again, no big, no big surprises. However, a lot of people obviously are asking about the, the, uh, the checks. So uh, what's the situation with the stimulus checks? Now, the vast majority of, of the nearly $2 trillion bill doesn't even deal with COVID, doesn't deal with any of that stuff. So it's it's all, again, those wish list items that they tried to force through under President Trump that he wasn't going to allow through and that Republicans weren't going to allow through. Uh, the, that stuff got, got pushed through this time. Like I said, it's not really a big surprise. You knew it was coming. But the uh, one of the aspects, and if it did address some of the issues of COVID, was, of course, the stimulus checks. So... Now, the, the good news is, is that you're probably going to get a check. For, for those of you out there who desperately need it, that's going to help temporarily. Uh, for those of you who don't desperately need it, you can use it for windfalls or paying off debt or whatever it is, uh, depending on your income level and how much you're going to get back. The problem with that is that the actual stimulus bill costs a lot more per person than we're actually getting in real dollars. So like a ton more. And I know that most of you are aware of how wasteful this is. You know, this, you start running into this too. And, and you know, again, we covered it with the Trump stimuluses and all of that stuff. There's just a bunch of this other nonsense that was in there that unfortunately we're going to pay for down the line. Inflation's going to creep up. There's going to be a bunch of other things that we're going to have to deal with as a result of it. And of course, it's just wasteful spending. I mean, that's, that's it. Uh, the direct stimulus checks I have always been in favor of. Now, a lot of people aren't, but from my perspective, if the government is not going to allow you to work, then the government's got to pay you. They've got to they got to do something. And they haven't done a good enough job with that. The problem is that they use this as an excuse. They use use you as pawns in order to go ahead and pass a bunch of their agenda items which have nothing to do with it. And again, they continue to rob from your kids, from your grandkids. That becomes the issue. I would much rather not get stimulus checks at all. I would much rather the country just reopen so that way everybody can go back to work, be able to do what they're doing. I'd much prefer that. I think most of you prefer that. Uh, but that's not the reality that we're dealing with. And if the government says you're not allowed to earn money, you've got to stay home. Well, I mean, what are you supposed to do? At that point, it's the government's responsibility. Is it ideal? No, not at all. It's a horrible idea. But, but considering no other options were available because they wouldn't reopen anything, this is kind of where we're at. The Democratic-controlled Congress uh, passed the big, biggest round of coronavirus stimulus payments delivering uh, on a campaign promise by Usurper Joe. And this, this article was written before the official vote. It's like the day, the day of, the morning of. If the 1.9 trillion COVID-19 relief bill passes and becomes law, it would provide the third round of stimulus checks after the $1,200 payments last March. 
and the $600 payments in the in December, uh, the, the December bill signed by President Trump, which again, had a bunch of dangerous stuff in it. The Senate is tweaking the House version of the bill, which is the most likely one to become law, despite Republicans rallying in opposition. Now, it was a 50 to 49 vote. One Republican wasn't there. His father-in-law died, but had he been there and voted against it, Kamala would have been the tiebreaker, so it was going to pass regardless, right? It's still possible that some of the details could change before the process, yada, yada, yada. Okay, now, there's a bunch of people out there who don't pay attention who are still wondering why it's not a $2,000 check. It was never going to be a $2,000 check. That was never going to happen. Nobody was ever going to give you a $2,000 check, uh, ladies and gents. I just turned my microphone down a little bit, Joe, just so you can adjust. Um, that was never going to happen. That was never the plan. The plan was always to give you $1,400, which would go on top of the $600 because they were trying to get $2,000 before, but Democrats fought it. And Democrats kept fighting against that $2,000 unless you added certain sweetheart things in there. And, of course, Republicans were going to go along with it. They got everybody to finally agree on $600, and that's what happened. So Democrats' promise to get you $2,000 is really a promise to get you an additional $1,400 from the $600 that you got the last time in order to make it $2,000, which is ultimately what Republicans and Trump were trying to do from the very beginning. This is one of those things, kick it down the road and then take credit for somebody else's idea. That's what this was. So that's going to happen. Now, here's how this is uh, is going to shake out. Individuals who make less than 75K or heads of household who make less than $112,500 for married couples who file their taxes jointly both would qualify for the full amount if they make up to $150,000 jointly. Couples will get $2,800, okay? Individuals who make $75,000 to $80,000 would still get checks, but they would be less than the $1,400. Again, this is based on income. Same goes for head of households making $112,500 to $120,000 and couples making $150,000 to $160,000 a year. Now, uh, those who make more than that don't get anything, except inflation. Then you got the kids. Why do you have kids? You're wondering what's happening with the kids. All right. In addition to the amounts for adults, parents would get $1,400 more for every child on their tax returns. That includes adult children, like college students and those with permanent disabilities, unlike last year's stimulus payments. So if you are a family of four with a household income under $150,000, as so many of you are, you're going to get $5,600. So you can go out to a couple of pizza joints and have a couple of pies. So again, family of four, household income under $150,000, you're going to get about 5,600 bucks, okay? Uh, let's see. Some people who got cash last time wouldn't now, which is true. This is a NBC kind of like a you know tutorial dealio. Uh, Biden agreed to demands by moderate Senate Democrats to target the checks more narrowly, which means that individuals who make 80000 to 100000 and couples who make 160000 to 200000 wouldn't get any money. Um, if you lost your job last year and you now make less, this is important, pay attention to this, people who lost their jobs or whose incomes decreased for any reason last year 
should file their tax returns as soon as possible to get the maximum payment. If the IRS's process is your new return, uh, by the time the checks go out, that's the income that the payments would be based on. Now, of course, this is this is only if it affects the dollar amount that you're going to get. You know, so if if uh, you would have been um, a non-qualifier, all right. Let's say you made over the 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 ceiling, if you will, you made over the ceiling, but then you lost income. So last last time you paid your taxes, your income would have been higher than the threshold to get the stimulus check but then you lost your job or there was a pay decrease as so many of us took um, and you fall below that threshold now, you need to file your taxes ASAP. Otherwise, you're not going to get the check. It's going to be based on your last, last uh, tax return. If you don't file in time, you it would be based on your 2019 income before the pandemic hit. Okay. Then you could probably get a bigger check if you wait to file your tax returns until after they went out, as long as you made less than $80,000 in 2019, that is. But don't wait too long. Either the deadline to file tax returns is still April 15th, at least until further notice, right? So if um, if your income changed the other way and it went up, you may want to wait to file your taxes and in order to go ahead and, and uh, defraud, I mean, get your uh, stimulus check. Uh, from the previous amount that would have fallen under the threshold if your income changed in a positive direction through the pandemic. It did for a lot of people. Uh, direct deposits. This is still going to be a direct deposit thing. IRS has your bank accounts. They're going to direct deposit it just like last time. Really no big change there. Uh, for those of you who get the paper checks, they don't really have any idea what the world they're going to be doing about that. Okay. I still hear from people who are supposed to get the paper checks, who never got the paper checks, and it's a whole thing. So, uh, the White House was asked about this by the reporters, and the reporters basically said, we have no, or the White House basically said, we have no idea. We have no idea what's going to happen with the paper checks, nor do we know if Biden's going to sign the checks. Everybody's waiting to see that because we've got to pounce on that story because if Biden signs the checks. <laughs> um, all right. If you are not a U.S. citizen, but you are in the country legally, you do qualify if you have a social security number. So if you have a social security number and you're a lawful resident in the US, you get the stimulus check. If you are an illegal alien, you are not supposed to get the stimulus check. However, if you're stealing somebody's identity and using a social security number, you can easily get it, okay? You're supposed to have a valid social security number and uh, a, a the uh, the ITIN number, uh, which is the individual taxpayer identification number, does not count. It has to be a social security number. We already know that a lot of illegal aliens steal identities and use social security numbers. So as long as they're doing that, they'll still get it. But it's illegal for them to get it. Uh, let's see. If you're married to an illegal immigrant, you'll get the check. Illegal immigrant won't unless, of course, they're committing fraud. And if you owe child support, will they take your check? This one is still one of those things that kind of irritates people, but um, this is because of Senate rules governing the whole process of, of this, uh, this whole thing with garnishing. If you owe child support or student debt to the federal government, you should be protected from garnishment. Okay. Now, that doesn't mean that they won't garnish your, your other accounts. And, and then, of course, you know, they may not garnish this check directly, but they could garnish your account and then the money that goes into that account from this check can still be garnished. All right. There's just a, it's a weird way that this all happens. So there you go. Um, they got this signed about a week earlier than they wanted. They were hoping to 
have this done by March 14th. They got it done over the weekend, as most of you know now. And they're hoping that the process of the direct deposits happens pretty darn quick. Now, coming up next, we're going to talk about eight reforms to this bill that would have fixed some major, major problems with it. I'm not going to break down the entire thing for you. I did a large chunk of that already last week, so I'm not going to break everything down, but I will talk about at least eight of the proposed amendments that would have fixed some of the issues with this stimulus bill that would have would have fixed some of those major problems that the Democrats were not interested in hearing about at all. So we'll go over that coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do want to remind everybody that we are broadcasting live, trovo.live slash Casey the host. And if you are watching on DLive, that's great. That's not a problem. I know some people prefer it over there. That's cool. We'll, we'll simulcast to both of them until further notice. And uh, what we do ask, though, is if you're on DLive, go over to Trovo.live, create an account, and then follow me at Casey Those. Don't subscribe, but follow me. And uh, then you can go back to DLive and do your own thing. The more followers we have, the, the more cool features we get to unlock for the audience while they play around in chat during the show. All right, so some of the things that were offered up in order to go ahead and fix some of the problems with the stimulus bill that was just passed 100% by Democrats and 0% by Republicans uh, was one provision that would, well, amendment that would have held states accountable for nursing home deaths. And we still have that fiasco happening in multiple states, obviously the two big ones, New York and Michigan. Senator Tim Scott, Republican of South Carolina, a black man. Now, do I care that he's black? Nope. But the sheer amount of times that he has been, well, ignored and erased and the color of his skin has been completely erased and ignored by the press is astounding. He offered an amendment that would have held states accountable for nursing home deaths. His amendment came after Governor Cuomo's administration was caught altering the number of nursing home deaths that took place under his watch. More on that later, too, as we had another development in that one. What my amendment does is it says you can't lie about the numbers. Bottom line, it simply says it's very important for us to have accurate information about the deaths in nursing homes. And the more accurate the information, the more likely we are to have the best response. So, yeah, pretty common sense. Uh, Democrats voted it down. Another one that was offered up was to override President Biden's decision to cancel the Keystone XL pipeline. No big surprise there. That was offered by Montana Senator John Tester, who's a Democrat. But that was shot down. And, I mean, yeah, we already knew that that was going to happen. Uh, school funding based on in-person learning. Senator Marco Rubio, alleged Republican from Florida, offered an amendment that would require schools to operate in person in order to receive stimulus funding, which makes a lot of sense. Now, yes, we understand that there are schools that are you know, spending money in order to be able to do e-learning. The problem is, is that the science is 100% settled on this. Schools are safe. Reopen the school. So if you want the stimulus money, reopen your school and you can get it. Otherwise, use your normal funds. Uh, schools that reopen five days a week would receive 100% of the available funding. Those that are hybrid, where they where they uh, compete half of the school week, complete half of the school week online, the other half in person, 
would receive 50% of the available funding. Schools that are completely online would get 25% of the available funding. Of course, Democrats voted that down. No big surprise there. Uh, let's see. Prevent prisoners from receiving stimulus checks. Now, this is a no-brainer, right? This is a real easy no-brainer. Senator Bill Cassidy, Republican of Louisiana, offered an amendment that would have prevented any individual who is incarcerated in a federal or state prison from getting a stimulus check. In the CARES Act, prisoners received $1,200 COVID relief checks. It was a huge waste of money. Prisoners do not pay taxes. Taxpayers pay for their every need. Inmates cannot stimulate the economy, but under this bill, they receive stimulus checks. Well, it allows them to buy ramen at the uh, what are they, the commissary or whatever it is over there. But Democrats voted against the amendment. Why, why would Democrats vote against inmates getting stimulus checks? Senator Tom, Tom Cotton. Death row inmates, terrorists, convicted terrorists are getting stimulus checks. And Democrats allowed it. <laughs> Actively fought for it. Got a lot to cover today, folks. A lot to get to. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. All right. So, go to realnewsmichiana.com. The story that we talked about on Friday did get published over the weekend. Of course, we had investigative reporter Clifton French on the program. And uh, then we also had uh, Tim Corbett called in. Tim Corbett's been involved in all of this as well. But I wanted to go ahead and, and just let everybody know, because we had a bunch of people reach out to me, we had a bunch of people reach out to the radio station uh, over the past couple of days trying to figure out what what was going on and where they could get the article and that sort of thing if they didn't know to get my daily show prep sent to them in their inbox every day. <clears throat> it's not like I, I offer this uh, free service where I give you the links that you're all looking for all the time. So anyway, this is the, uh, the article. It was published on Saturday. South Bend gives convicted felon $7,000 grants. He takes and shares naked photos of homicide victim. And this is uh, this is the story that we talked with Clifton French about on Friday. And then again, Tim Corbett called in of his own volition to verify the story's authenticity on the show. Not that I doubted Clifton French anyway. I told you before, realnewsmichiana.com is a website you need to be you need to be subscribed to. You have to. Um, and he said we have one investigative reporter in town. That's it. Uh, we've got a lot of news people. But we have one investigative reporter, and he's doing he's doing really good work. Uh, in fact, some of the work that he had done recently um, will tie into a story that we're going to do here in just a couple of minutes. So, Real News Michiana has uncovered a disturbing scheme by South Bend activist and convicted felon Vernado Malone, who has admitted to taking nude pictures of the recently deceased and showing them around. Malone, who is the founder of the nonprofit Justice for Michiana, claims to be helping the families of homicide victims by assisting with funeral arrangements, fundraising, obtaining caskets and flowers. Real News Michiana has confirmed that Malone is using that position to take photos that include the private area, I'm cleaning up some language here, of those deceased victims 
from interviews with a funeral director, witnesses, a private investigator, Malone himself. Uh, quote, he was bragging about how he was able to get this guy's recently deceased, get this guy who was recently deceased, put back together again, and nobody else in the area could, said Trisha Carrico, who saw photos of two deceased people on Malone's cell phone. Carrico, who was working in the St. Joseph County Voter Registration Office at the time, says that Malone came up to the office in the fall of last year to visit his sister, who is also a member of the Justice for Michiana nonprofit. Uh, and I don't know much about this group. Okay, he said that he he said to me while he was talking to his sister, you couldn't handle seeing this photo. He was talking about a man who killed himself. This man was really badly decayed. Carrico says Malone then showed her two photos. One before the victim's body was worked on and the other was after. Um, now, we have a, a uh, longtime family friend who is no longer with us, who passed away just a couple of years ago, who um, did this for a living and would never, ever share photos of the bodies that he worked on and put back together again. Ever. I have a current friend who is in this industry, has never shown me, ever, a photo of somebody who is in that state ever. Why? Because it is a code of ethics. Now, this Malone guy does not work in that industry, okay? But um, he has been taking photos of these people in that environment and then showing them to people. It was graphic. In the first picture, he was laying on a table. Uh, there really wasn't a whole lot left of him, she said. I'll leave the rest of the descriptions for the article. Okay, you should read it. It's at realnewsmichiana.com. Carrico then says that Malone then asked his sister if he should show her more pictures. He said, hey, should I show her a picture of that guy? His sister said, oh, Lord. Then he was sliding through his phone and showed me another guy. Now, we are talking about, according to her, a full nude picture shot from the feet up from that perspective. He was laying on top of a sheet. He had been shot in the head, she says. Now, several of these photos have been taken out of Alfred's mortuary in South Bend. And we want to make this crystal clear, okay? Because I know that there's been some people who are kind of concerned, um, you know, when this story was about to break last week, some people were, they, they found out that we were going to talk about it on the show and, and they were really worried. Um, we have a lot of friends in the funeral industry here in, in Michiana. And um, this, this involves one place. It doesn't involve the rest of the industry, okay? So I want, I want to make that crystal clear. Um, all of the shots that we're talking about um, apparently come from Alfred's Mortuary in South Bend. Uh, I don't know Alfred's Mortuary, uh, their involvement in any of this, other than that, that Malone had access to that facility uh, because of the contracts that he has with these victims' families, okay? So I don't even know much about any culpability or responsibility that they may or may not have, okay? But what I can tell you is I know that some people were really concerned that this might involve some other places around town. To my knowledge, this only involves this one location, and I'm not even certain of any um, poor behavior on their part, okay? It's it's all in the article, realnewsmichiana.com. Uh, check them out. And, and like I said, we talked about this with Clifton French last Friday on the show. 
Uh, that podcast should be available tonight as I go through and get caught up on some stuff. I also wanted to get a video of that up there and, uh, and, and do that as well for those of you who follow me on the video channels. So this article, again, realnewsmichiana.com. I'll also put it in the daily show prep today for those of you who get the show prep delivered to your email inbox uh, at the end of the night. We've got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Now, I just want to remind everybody, if you missed the call with Clifton French from Real News Michiana on Friday, uh, this story isn't really just about the photos. I went over about, I don't know, 20% of the article and what it actually dives into. Remember, there's a bigger issue of your taxpayer dollars also paying this individual to be an activist in the community and getting grants and things like that while they're doing this. So there's it, it's it's a much bigger issue than just the photos of deceased people and showing them to everybody as if it were like this cool thing to do. That's horrific. And obviously that is the big thing that everybody is focusing on. Go read the article. Because as we talked about with Clifton on Friday, that is really just the tip of the iceberg. Everything else involved in that case, uh, in that story, I should say, is it's just another layer of of depravity and corruption and it involves your government in south bend it's it's bad and you need to you need to read the article you need to read it you need to share it because you know this is the this is the type of stuff you guys have told me when i first moved here you guys told me that there was a real issue with this type of stuff here in this community and as time went on i started to believe you got the evidence that that you guys were all being straight with me about it and then we all noticed something together. There just wasn't anybody out there willing to, to chase these stories down full time. There just wasn't. Local television news isn't interested. The local papers aren't interested in it. They want the easy, easy rights, the easy stories, uh, fluff pieces, protect people who are in power that they agree with, that sort of thing. There just hasn't been somebody who's been gung-ho, full-time investigative reporter type. And that's what we have now. And it's therapeutic. Look at the stories that we have gotten just over the past couple of weeks from realnewsmichiana.com. These are things that should have been lead stories at every news outlet out there who does investigative work. And none of these stories were, were even really covered. Now, I want to take you back to late February because this is a story that we talked about. The EEOC complaint, which details sexual harassment and targets the St. Joseph County Democratic Party chair, Stan Rubel. Now, remember, the charge basically was that um, Ruble took no action when his party's appointee at the voter registration office sexually harassed a female Republican employee of the same office. Now, also in that office, you had another, uh, you know, another case. This is tied to that now where you've got the Democratic voter registration employee who created the fake registration card in the lead up to the 2020 election. Um, used graphic female anatomical terms for the fake voter and had posted, for those of you on the live stream, you can see, things that would get any of us fired by any respectable human resources department for sexual harassment and creating a hostile working environment. Now, this is all happening, okay, under Stan Rubel, who is the chair of the St. Joseph County Democratic Party. He's overseeing all of this. And when complaints are being filed, against these employees who work for the Democratic Party who are harassing Republicans 
It wouldn't matter if they were harassing Republicans or Democrats, but they're harassing Republicans. Um, Stan Rubel basically just, whatever, just ignores it. That's the subject of this EEOC complaint, which again was written about at realnewsmachiana.com. Now, why is this an important story, even though it's from the end of February? Well, St. Joseph County Democratic parties have given Stan Rubel four more years as the party chair over the weekend. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? It's story over the weekend. See, this is what happens when you have this, this corruption at its core. Now, if the Democrats were at all concerned with optics in South Bend, which they're not because they run South Bend, so they're not concerned with any of that. They don't have to be concerned about it. Republicans are not competitive there. And let's be honest, Republicans are not trying to be competitive there. But you've got somebody who is a part of an EEOC complaint and you've got multiple confirmations that the people who work under him are doing things that are pretty bad and he's not taking action. He's not dealing with it, which are supposed supposed to be things that that are core values of your party and protecting women, um, making sure that predators don't take advantage of them, that there isn't a hostile working environment, that there isn't sex discrimination at, at in the working environment. That's supposed to be platform staples for the Democratic Party. Well, that's happening and their leadership is permitting it to happen. The, the Their employees are doing it. And the Democrats' response in St. Joseph County is to give the person who's not fixing it another four years at the helm. That's That tells you all you really need to know about the St. Joseph County Democratic Party. Probably the, the second most corrupt uh, county Democratic Party in the area. <laughs> so, but, you know... It, you have all of this evidence against the current chair and the Democrats still like, yeah, yeah, we still like him anyway, because why not? It's that good old boy network. And if you're, you're a woman, you happen to be a Democrat in St. Joseph County, basically what the St. Joseph County Democratic Party has done is said, we don't really care about you or we will care about you. We just won't care about Republican women. We'll harass them. And, and then not, not, uh, not punish anybody who does that harassment because it's really not about women. It's, it's only about protecting our own. We've got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel.